Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to Off the Bench with Benny Jones and Scotty Sadler for first choice liquor for all your liquor needs. Yeah, welcome to Off the Bench. We're back for another huge night in sport. A big hour awaits us where we're going to hear from a couple of special guests. Uh, one focusing in on a big game of representative football that takes place in Auckland this weekend. And also, of course, it's underway officially. The season has tipped off, not kicked off, but tipped off. But uh, we'll talk about all things NBL as the hype around what promises to be a huge season just builds and builds and builds. Benny Jones is my name. Uh, great to have your company. Hope you've had a great week. Sats, uh, Scotty Sattler, of course, uh, my co-host, former premiership player at the Penrith Panthers. Good to see you, mate. And this is week two without club footy. How How is the coping mechanisms at the moment? Is it Are you just itching to get to Auckland, obviously, to watch this game unfold? Can't wait. Can't <laughs> wait for the test match. Um, had that one week off where... Miserable, isolated, <laughs> got walking to spend, around. Got to spend time with family and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, got to actually talk to the missus. Um, <laughs> body shut down and you didn't have to commentate for a week, so it yeah. shut down and said, listen, you've, <laughs> yeah, you've hammered me for six months. Crook there for a while early in the week. Yeah, didn't so, uh, but really looking forward to the two test matches, Australia versus New Zealand and then Australia versus Tonga. And then we've got the Kiwis tour to Great Britain as well, which yeah. is Michael Maguire up against Wayne Bennett. Many believing that Maguire may take Bennett's job at the Broncos. From an outside point of view, Sats, uh, and you've played a bit of rep footy, and obviously you know a lot of guys who've pulled on the green and gold and have been through this process. To, to me, it's astounding that for some of these guys who haven't played a game of competitive football for two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, six weeks, can get themselves up to go up against the cream of the crop from another country. But is it just that whole aura of... Uh, a, being a professional, so you maintain your, your fitness to a certain standard. But once you pull on that green and gold and the opportunity to do so, would a lot of these guys been keeping themselves in pretty good nick? Oh, absolutely, yeah. They, yeah. they would have had one week off, especially um, what they do now is if you miss out on the finals, they pick a, a, a kangaroo train on squad. So to put you on notice so, a bit, really. Yeah. Yeah. So they meet regularly. They continue to train. Um, but there's nothing like match fitness, as yeah. we know. And when you get about two or three weeks out, you start to lose about 10 to 15% of your of your overall fitness from a, a battle-hardened point of view. Yeah, but the continual training. But, again, to be able to put on a rep jersey, Benny, adrenaline takes over. Mm. And then you, you hope that adrenaline can, can stay with you for those really early parts of a, of a big match. And then, then your fitness takes over yeah. after that. So, um, you know, I like it that they pick a squad at the end of a at the end of a season. And, and when your team gets eliminated, they keep adding to that squad. Just, as you said, just keep to unnoticed. So we will hear from former kangaroo Brett Noddy Kamali shortly, big part of our NRL Nation call team as well. But based on what you've just told me there, Sats, would it be fair to suggest that the person with the most influence come Saturday night, from an Australian point of view, is Mel Meninga in the well, way that he massages his players to get the timing right for using the interchange and making sure he's got enough fresh legs when it gets into that 60, 70 and 80 minutes sort of yeah, part of the game? Anyone who's had anything to do with Mel Meninga will tell you it's it's... It's not his skill as a tactical coach that is his greatest asset. It's his ability to be able to bring a, a group of men together and all head in the same direction. Now, yeah. we know that State of Origin for many, many years has been 
always touted as the number one jersey that every player wants to play for. Melman Inger in the space of two years has been able to change the paradigm, change mm. the, mm-hmm. the thought process of rugby league players. You can even hear it now when they talk about representative footy. They, they say, my dream is to wear the green and gold. When everyone's always wanted to wear the green and gold, but yep. it had to be a blue or a maroon first. Yep. He's changed that in mm. the space of two years. And he's done an admirable job at doing that as well. So um, I can't wait to see what what they uh, what they can deliver the Australian side on Saturday night, and see whether Mal again can bring this group of men together and get them heading in the same direction. Because there has been a lot of disruptions with players retiring yeah. and key players out now. Well, we thought we'd get another opinion, another voice on the matter, and why not go to a source that has not only put on the green and gold, but did it with great distinction over 20 times, and of course was involved in uh, a pretty famous tour of Great Britain back in 2003, where he played an instrumental role in helping Australia to a, uh, a clean sweep over there. His name is Brett Kamali, Brett Noddy Kamali, uh, of course, huge part of our NRL Nation call team as well. So we caught up with Nod to uh, talk about this game on Saturday night and how both sides are shaping up as well as a few of the coaching dramas in the NRL at present. Gower, back it comes to Kamali, back on the inside to Lockyer. Australia have the lead. Darren Lockyer with the try. Oh, going all the way back to the year 2000 there. 1964. No, not quite that far, Sats, but of course 2000 as the Kangaroos took on my boys Wales. And I've got to tell you, Wales were in front at halftime in that match before <laughs> this man, our special guest, a man who pulled on the green and gold on a number of occasions and did it with great distinction in Brett Noddy Kamali. He got them home in the second half sats. That's what the history books will show you. Noddy joins us on Sports Day. Welcome, buddy. Oh, afternoon, man. How are we going? Very well, mate. Um, and I guess before we dig deeper into this game between the Kangaroos and the Kiwis on Saturday night, off-season technically in the NRL, Sats tells me you're a keen golfer. I know the weather hasn't done you any favours over the past couple of days, but how is the swing, mate? Are you getting plenty of time out there on the course? Oh, yeah, it's going good, actually. Yeah, I had back surgery in March, so I was a bit of a grumpy man for a number of months, but obviously with football being on, it was okay. I was able to attack myself, but I feel like I'm back. I've been hitting the ball really good. I've learnt the putt in the last few weeks, too, so um, it's probably a big part of the game. But, um, no, the, the weather's disgusting. Uh, I'm heading to Cross Harbour next week for some children's odd tags. I'm going to challenge myself at Bomb Ball up there, so I look forward to seeing where I'm at when I... When I test myself there. Yeah, nice. A friend of mine got a hole in one at Bonville one day. Now, let's get back to the rugby league, Noddy. Uh, your thoughts on Mal Meninga's team to play the Kiwis this week? Of course, Gaga onto the wing, Tommy Trebojevic into the centres, which is a, a position that he's not used to. Is it? Is that the position for him at test level? Well, I'm not too sure. I think, you know, we saw Brad Fidler make that decision to play him on the wing for New South Wales. It goes back to the days of just picking the best footy players and chucking in positions and hopefully they can do a job. But, um, you know, I suppose Josh Dugan's played um, fullback slash centre for Australia um, as a club fullback. And um, obviously they, they're quite comfortable with, with Tommy Turbo uh, with his decision-making and, and certainly have to do a lot more work. But, um, you know, he carries the ball very well and starts the sets off. But I would have thought his decision-making um, on the edges would be a bit harder than generally as a fullback. So... It's an interesting one, but you know, Mal's made that decision just to probably try and get the best young kids in his side. And so, I think Mal's probably planning a bit for the future. Yep. Uh, in in the changing of the guard for some players, and obviously we don't have a you know kangaroo tour or a World Cup for a number of years now. Well, on the kangaroo tours, you know, Mal Meninga wants to bring those back. You agree with that? We should bring. I know we've got a lot of rugby league on the calendar now, but do you agree mm-hmm. that we probably should bring a kangaroo tour back every four years? 
Well, yeah, we get obviously there'll be a World Cup every four years, and there'll be a Kangaroo Tour every you know every two years in between that. So, yeah, I understand where Mal is saying. You know, I remember as a kid growing up watching TV at one a.m. in the morning for a Kangaroo Tour. Um, I was lucky enough to be a part of a, a Kangaroo Tour myself, and um, uh, they're great things to have. But as you said, like how much football can we keep asking these players to play? And if there's a Kangaroo Tour, it means there's no there's no off season for a lot of these players. You know, they won't come back to training until late January. And does that affect the competition going forward as well? Now, with this test match on the weekend against the Kiwis, what do you make of the Kiwis' side? I mean, they picked a lot of size. Uh, Dallin Wattini-Zelezniak uh, named as fullback and also captain, which is uh, a strange one. But uh, congratulations to him. But what do you make of this test match on Saturday, Noddy? Oh, obviously for the Kiwis. They want to make sure that they, they probably put a good performance in. Um, They'll obviously go off to England and play on that tour. And for Australia, it's getting ready for... I think the biggest game for Australia is more the Tonga game more than the, the Kiwi game, which is... Um, I I would love to have seen last year's World Cup Australia versus Tonga in the grand final, but um, uh, Tonga fell a week short. But the Kiwis, I think, are in that rebuilding phase. Obviously, uh, Michael Maguire's got to try and get everyone wanting to play for the Kiwis again, um, get some strength back for the country jersey. And um, I suppose he's pushing his own coaching resume as well, which... You know, some rumours of where he might be going in this off-season. So he would love to cause an upset, and then obviously that helps his own stock going forward. Um, going through. So, you know, Kiwis will play the big power game that come at you. Uh, I'm, I'm sort of not sure the creativity that they're going to get from anyone. Um, you know, and, and as you said, like Australia, you know, generally a very well-drilled defensive team. Um, they don't beat themselves. They've got a lot of players in form who played in the in the grand final or, or, you know, at the end of the season. So I, I think it's a, it's probably a tough art to the Kiwis, but you know, they're, they're under no pressure and they can just go out there and enjoy themselves. Noddy, let's fast forward seven more days to that game you spoke about, the uh, Kangaroos versus the Tongans. Of course, it'll be a, an amazing spectacle in Auckland, um, especially the Tongan supporters. When you map the game out over 80 minutes, do you think the Tongans will remain competitive for the entire 80 minutes? Yeah, I do. I think they'll have the motivation of obviously every jersey in the crowd will be red. Uh, it'll be an unbelievable culture experience for them. Um, it's, I think it's pretty close to a sellout, isn't it? Or close to being a sellout. Yep. Um, it's the battle they want, I think. You know, they want to push themselves to being, you know, I suppose, top three-tiered nation in the competition. And, you know, Australia, England and, and, and New Zealand. And I think the Tongan side probably think they're a bit above New Zealand at the moment. So I, I think it's a, a massive clash. They've got a lot of motivation to prove that they can beat Australia. Uh, I think physically, you know, they'll, they'll be able to handle it. You're right, match fitness might get them a bit towards the end of the game, but if they're able to lead or or be close, the motivation to cause the enormous upset of all upsets is probably strong enough for them. Uh, they'll have the passion, uh, and as I said, like I would have, I thought they were going to go on to the journey last year and be Australia's main danger for the World Cup. So if they can get that form back again, um, get in camp. Um, you know, and obviously turn up and play and play to their ability, then you know, I think they can challenge Australia and they can probably you know, maybe cause a big, a big victory. Um, but, you know, you're right, because they won't get a practice game or a technical really good hit out before that, uh, the next week's test. Yeah, now let's go to club land. Um, the manly scenario, or the mm. debacle, you should say, around <laughs> the coaching situation... I mean, it's a little bit unprecedented, isn't it? We're seeing a coach that resigns 12 months out and they're expecting him to turn up to day one of training. What have you made of this? Yeah, it's interesting. You know, I think it's 
a lot of people don't really like Manly, so sometimes it's really hard to feel sorry for them. <laughs> but but it's been a snabble. I've got no idea what's happening there at coaching. I'm still so confused at why Trent Barrett would put in his resignation to not want to coach. There's 16 coaching jobs in Australia or in the NRL. He's got one of them. Facilities could be crap um, and all those things. But do you throw in a, a role when you've got one? Um, and he had a handing of what a 12-month resignation, which ends what end of June next year. He can actually physically leave the club. So how do you get around what 14, 16, 18, and then the coach just goes, "See you guys, I'll see you, see you later." So mm. it's a pretty weird one. Um, I don't know who will get the job. We've got apparently Michael McGuire said no to it because of shortage of uh, facilities and everything else. Um, but it's a strange. Right? It's really strange. Noddy, appreciate your insight, mate, uh, in this off-season, technically, but, of course, with a couple of big test matches to come, league fans have plenty to look forward to. You've got some golf in Coffs Harbour next week to look forward to, mate, so we hope you hit them well and enjoy the off-season, and we'll uh, catch up with you again in the new year as NRL Nation winds up again. Thank you, guys. Enjoy the off-season, too. So great to catch up with Noddy Kamali uh, on Off the Bench. We're about to get ourselves an odds update, thanks to Ned's coming up very soon. Shane Heal, the hammer former basketball star, uh, both in the NBL and NBA, and, of course, a four-time Olympian. We caught up with him to preview the NBL season, which is underway, but promises to be the best one yet. That's coming up for you shortly. Lots of off-the-bench, a great debate, a Makita Power player as well. But right now, it's time for a Neds Odds Update. An off-the-bench odds update for Neds. Timsy's Tips, delivered by the Neds Punters Toolbox. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, every day, by the way, available through the Spring Carnival. Those tips, Timsy's tips, delivered by the Neds Punters Toolbox. Timsy joins us. That's Jared Tims from Neds uh, here on Off the Bench. Great to talk to you as always, Jared. And, mate, when we talk spring racing, this is a race that's very much in its infancy. But, boy, has it created some headlines in recent weeks uh, with the uh, Opera House uh, front and centre of that. But I'm talking, of course, about the Everest. And this is just an incredible race with just a little bit of prize money attached to it, by the way. Yeah, mate, obviously with $13 million on the line, the uh, field is simply outstanding this year, and betting's even better. $7 the field at the moment. Defending champion Red Zell and multiple Group 1 winners Trapeze Artist and Pika Magic currently sharing the top line. Hey, let's talk basketball. The NBL season got underway recently, and of course with the arrival of Andrew Bogut, the big fella, the NBA superstar coming back home to Australia, would it be fair to suggest, Timsy, that uh, a lot of the interest surrounds the Sydney Kings? Yeah, mate, punters clearly expect Bogut to be the difference this year. They've been absolutely slammed in betting, and they're $3 favourites to take out the whole thing. Melbourne, still pretty prominent after winning last year, 325. Well, I think the value might sit around the Wildcats here. They're always mm. tough to beat, $7. I'm going to bring the uh, conversation straight back to Andrew Bogut. We'll get a first look at him as his Sydney Kings take on the Adelaide 36ers. That's tomorrow night. How's this one looking head-to-head, mate? thirty. the Kings are for this. And I, I think given the, uh, the 36ers have already had their season opener, and they're going to take plenty of benefit into this. $3.50 in head-to-head betting, especially for a team that made the finals last year. Unbelievable. Absolutely. And it could take a little while for the Kings to gel. All the focus will be, of course, on Bogut. So there is some value there. Let's shift to the A-League. That starts next week, Timsy. But uh, how's it looking from a championship betting point of view? Who are the favourites there? Yeah, well, they peaked at the right point of the season last year. So no surprising to see Melbourne victory again favoured to lift the trophy in 2018-19. They do share the top line with Sydney FC at the moment, $5, while Melbourne City have also continued to receive plenty of support in early betting, $5.50. Timsy's tips 
delivered by the cool. Neds Punters Toolbox. Jared Timms, always good to chat uh, all things punting with you. We'll do it again same time next week. Thanks, Benny. Looking forward to it. You're listening to Off the Bench with Benny Jones and Scotty Sadler for first choice liquor for all your liquor needs. You're listening to Off the Bench with Benny Jones and Scotty Sadler for first choice liquor for all your liquor needs. Yeah, welcome back off the bench, uh, and it is great to have the support of First Choice Liquor on board. Benny Jones, Scotty Sattler, and great to have your company, uh, most importantly, as we wind through another big hour looking at all the great things uh, and what's coming up in the world of sport. We've got a Makita Power Player nomination shortly, uh, all to do with motorsport, a big motorsport segment coming up as we also preview a big episode of The Driver's Seat this weekend. Uh, we'll get a Gurney High Pressure moment as well and also find out what Sats is looking forward to this weekend. But earlier in the week uh, on our sister show, Sports Day, we caught up with Shane Heal, the hammer, the man who famously took on Charles Barkley all those years ago in an Olympics warm-up game. Uh, of course, the Dream Team taking on the Boomers and no backward steps from Shane the Hammer Heal. He was a star here and abroad, four-time Olympian, and, of course, now a big player in the media covering all things basketball. The NBL season is underway, so we thought he'd pick his brains to uh, find out how he thinks it might unfold in season 2018-2019. And United, they stand. This Melbourne franchise gets its first championship, and Chris Golding weeps with joy. Melbourne have their championship. Well, they're the team to beat in season 2018-19. Melbourne United, last year's Premier's champions, and we'll be looking to go back-to-back. But, boy, they've got some stiff competition, particularly in the form of the Sydney Kings. We're going to talk about them shortly. It's all about the NBL. It's back this weekend. We're pumped for it. And speaking of the Sydney Kings, and well, speaking of superstars of the competition, uh, one of Australia's favourite basketballers, four-time Olympian, NBA, NBL star, no less. And, of course, nowadays still one of the most respected voices in Australian basketball is Shane the Hammer Heel. He's been good enough to join us here on Sports Day. Uh, Hammer, welcome, mate. Great to talk to you on the eve of what promises to be a, another bumper year in, in Australian basketball. Yeah, great to be on, fellas. It's certainly uh, an exciting time. And last year set all sorts of records for viewership and attendances. And I think this will be no different. Uh, we talk about the uh, the launch. Obviously, the official launch took place yesterday. The 41st season of competition here in this country. A lot of it has centred around Andrew Bogut and his arrival at your former club, the uh, the Sydney Kings. Uh, but overall, as you said, this is a this is a momentum that's been building over the past 12 to 18 months. And uh, Australian basketball, it's kind of emerged from the wilderness again. Yeah, it has. And uh, I think the last three years, obviously, Larry Kesselman uh, came out, uh, in and bought the league. And uh, it was reported that he's put about $55 million in uh, to the NBL. But also, he's brought a great vision and he's, he's brought a great front office the decisions they've made and, you know, I mean, to have seven games played against NBA teams that's just taken place over the last couple of weeks, I would never have ever dreamed that there's an NBL team playing against an NBA team, mm. let alone seven games. And, uh, you know, some of those games were, were close. There was one blowout, but um, certainly uh, pointing all in the right direction. I read a really good story, Hammer, about that Kesselman only yesterday afternoon. What an intriguing guy, how he made his money, how he immigrated to Australia as a, as a young yeah. man. He's a, he's a go-getter, no doubt. Now, we talk about the, the glory years, Hammer, in the late 80s, mid-80s, late 80s, 90s as well. There was yourself, Larry Sangstock, uh, Ronnie the Rat. Andrew Gay's running around. Uh, Leroy Loggins. I was oh, a big yeah. Brisbane Bullets fan back in the <laughs> 80s. Are we heading back towards those glory years, do you think? 
Yeah, I mean, it's, it's amazing how many times I speak to people about this and, and probably people our age um, and, and a bit older remember that. But the, the numbers say that the glory days are right now. Yeah. Uh, there was more people go to basketball games uh, last year than we've ever had in the 40 years history in the NBA. And I guess when you're talking about 10 of our guys now playing in the NBA, mm. uh, the profile of our game, uh, the international respect, uh, the standard of how the NBL has really improved over the last three years. And obviously every game on Fox and now to be able to sign this historic uh, deal with Channel 9. So two games a week on live Channel 9 at uh, at 3 o'clock on a Saturday, Sunday. And I think we're probably in the glory days right now. Yeah, yeah, good call. Now, how big of a coup was it getting Bogut? Oh, it, was, it, was, it really was massive. I mean, to think that at any stage we're going to have the number one draft pick in the NBA... Uh, and it's not like he's 40 years of age. He's only mm. 33. Mm. He looks like he's in great shape. He is a legitimate shot blocker and, and defender and passer at an NBA standard. And there's no doubt he could still be playing in the league right now. So for him to come back, take a 10% ownership uh, with options to be able to increase that next year, uh, I think probably is uh, a massive endorsement for the NBL to say, I'd rather do this, build my business empire and be part of this and build this league up help get other NBA players back to this league as well. And uh, it just looks like all positives all around. Shane Hill joining us here on Sports Day. Uh, heard the little play on there, Hammer, of obviously Melbourne United, that amazing triumph over Adelaide last year in that uh, best of five final series. And actually, one of the things that Andrew Bogut has touched on, he's obviously only been back in the country a few months, but what he wants to build, apart from a successful Sydney Kings outfit, is to develop a genuine Melbourne-Sydney rivalry. He thinks it's the sort of one thing that's been missing in the last decade or so. Uh, with Melbourne defending, and obviously Sydney, for everyone, or a lot of people, the, uh, the title favourites, do you expect we'll see that unfold over the next 12 months? Well, it's been hard to build any sort of rivalry since the Kings have mm. been second bottom the last yeah. two years and haven't made the playoffs for five years. So, um, you know, I think now with Bogut there, somebody that likes to talk a bit of trash, I mean, he's unbelievable on social media. Um, political <laughs> correctness has gone out the window, thank goodness. Um, so he's got an opinion about stuff. So uh, I think Melbourne United are going to be another great team again. Obviously, they won it last year, but I think they're even better this year. I think the pickup of Mitch McCarron is uh, going to make them very, very strong. And there's still question marks about the Sydney Kings. Whilst I think they've got the most talented team ever put together, yeah. we know the game's not played on paper. So the question marks are, can Andrew um, Bogut stay healthy? Uh, how's their locker room going to handle it? Uh, you know, and the culture that they've got in that locker room. And can Andrew Gaze bring a talented team together? They've been talented the last couple of years. At Andrew Bogut, is that going to be able to help them get a championship and still a few question marks? Yeah, well, it all has been about Bogut. There are a few other names, Hammer, that we should be looking out for this year? Well, there's a guy that plays for Adelaide. Uh, his name's Jacob Wiley. Um, he's about six foot eight, unbelievable athlete, probably the quickest first step, um, dunking ability, but he can hit threes as well, an American import that they've been able to recruit. So I'd be keeping an eye on him. I think he's probably the flashiest. Bryce Cotton sort of goes under the radar because he's all the way over in Perth, but he's a legitimate superstar. He put up 33 points uh, in an NBA game uh, only last week. So he's, he's shown that he has the ability to be able to play in the NBA, and he's going to need to because the Wildcats really have to be able to make a play at winning a championship because I thought they were disappointing last year. 
Hammer, it seems like a lot of the conversation around probably those three, maybe four you've mentioned, obviously with Melbourne, Sydney, uh, with the Bogut arrival, of course, Adelaide runners-up last year, and Perth, who've just been uh, year in, year out, one of the, the, the most consistent teams in Australian basketball. What about the mob that Sats used to support uh, back in the good old days, the Brisbane Bullets? A lot of our listeners will be keen on your thoughts on how they might fare this season. Well, two wooden spoons the last couple of years. We've got the national coach with Andre Lamanis. He's won championships uh, in New Zealand with the Breakers. But um, I haven't been overly impressed with his recruiting, um, particularly with the Americans. And I'm not sure he's nailed it again this year with the imports. But he's picked up Jason Kadee, who's a really good player. Cam Glidden uh, is a champion. He'll do really well. Cam Bairstow back from injury. But question marks about how his health is and how long it'll take him to get going. I think they're in the bottom two or three again, and, and you would have to think that the pressure's on Lamanus to be able to you know, come up with something this year, otherwise they're going to have to look elsewhere. Now, you spoke earlier on, Hammer, about uh, you never in your wildest dreams thought that NBL teams would be playing against NBA yep. clubs. Um, next year, two games versus the US. How much interest is this going to spark? I mean, did you ever think this would happen? Well, it's funny, Sats, because this has happened because in 2000, we played against the Dream Team prior to the Olympic Games. Did but too, obviously, that's right. you know, we, we don't get too many times to obviously have an Olympic Games out here. So we don't see it too often. But now that we've got so many guys playing in the NBA, we could legitimately have, you know, 12 of our players, all NBA guys, against 12 of the Dream <laughs> Team players, the American players. And the good thing about it is that the best players are going to come to Australia because it's on the way to the World Cup. So this isn't just some promotional game where they'll try and you know, bring players together and, and then guys will sort of pick and choose. The, the exciting thing, having these games at Etihad Stadium, they're expecting 100,000 people wow. over the two games. <laughs> um, and the, the ticket sales have been unbelievable so far. So really exciting time. And, um, you know, again, that's to Larry Kesselman working with Basketball Australia. And obviously, Victoria is so dominant about trying to bring these massive events, um, you know, to their state to be able to profile as well. So it's going to be huge. Hammer, let's fast forward a few months to the end of the season. Who are the two teams that are playing off for the title this year? Well, I think it is Melbourne and Sydney. Yep. Um, I think the dark horse are the New Zealand Breakers. We haven't spoken about them. Corey Webster back. He's a superstar, and they've got a very, very talented lineup. So I think they are the dark horse. Obviously, Perth and, and Adelaide are two teams that will always be thereabouts. Um, but Melbourne and Sydney, the cream will rise to the top this year, I reckon. And uh, they'll be led by Bogut and with the talent that Melbourne United have got and the, also the history now and the belief after winning last year's championships. And what better way to be able to end the season if mm. we can get the two biggest cities into that grand final. And Sats was telling me off air as well too. Uh, Hammer, any, any memories of the good old days of sparring against yeah, the great man boxing Scotty together, Sattler? Hammer and I? Mate. I I have still got sore ribs from Sats. He absolutely <laughs> slammed me. He had a few kilos on me, but a whole lot of technique as well. And, uh, mate, I didn't want to get back in the ring for the entire week. Oh, well, we'll stick to talking basketball moving forward, mate. Really do appreciate your time because we know you are a busy, busy man. Uh, it's exciting times for Australian basketball fans who just can't wait to sink their teeth into this season. And with some big-name players and some big-name clubs going head-to-head, it should be a hell of a lot of fun. Uh, mate, thanks again for your time here on Sports Day. We'll probably catch up with you throughout the season, no doubt. Yeah, we'll speak soon. Thanks, fellas. Good on you. So there's Shane the Hammer Heel joining us a little earlier on in the week. Uh, and for basketball fans in this country, they are salivating at the prospect of what awaits this season. It's going to be an absolute beauty. The Kings, Melbourne, Perth, 
uh, all the big players uh, expected to jostle for the NBL title in a few months' time. Right now, here on Off the Bench, it's time for... The Great Debate for Kubota. Diesel generators for serious backup power. Yeah, indeed. Kubota diesel generators provide reliable, constant backup power you need when you need it most. Our great debate sats for tonight, Australian Test Cricket, uh, with our batting. I don't want to pick on the bowlers because I think at the moment the calibre of bowlers we've got is about as good as we've ever had in yep. the last 10, 15, 20 years. But our batting is in freefall. It's... I don't want to use the word a disgrace because these guys are trying, but it's just not happening. Is there an easy fix or are we stuffed until David Warner and Steve Smith are allowed back into the side or are the problems even greater than that? What's your take on things? It's an interesting debate, Benny, and I watched with interest um, former international uh, Australian uh, spin bowler, Gavin Robertson. Yep. He came up with some really good points when on the show, the Fox Sports show during the week, Bill and Boz. Yeah, yeah. Um, and what he really alluded to was that the, the limited over game now, the 2020 has become really sexy. But what it has done, it's also created a mindset amongst batters that it's about going out and destroying as much as possible. Bad habits when it comes exactly, to long form. Exactly. Cricket. And so when you're playing a test match or, or the, the longer version of the game, there's no resilience. There's no players that are willing to show composure. Um, no batters that are willing to frustrate you as a bowler and... See who's going to blink first. He tells a really good story about Mark Taylor and yep. when he's bowling to Mark Taylor in a club match one day yeah. when he said he just kept throwing everything down at Mark Taylor. He just continually just kept going through the motions and being really systematic about everything that he was doing. And his discipline mm. frustrated him as a bowler to yep. the point where he was the first one to blink and Mark Taylor yep. was the Sweat one that... On that. Yeah, that, that swept on him. Yeah, Mark Taylor would have been a, a terrible T20 cricketer. I mean, he would have adjusted, I'm sure. Uh, the game wasn't around during his time. But as a test cricketer, and we know he had his issues later on in the career, but as captain, but as a, as an opening batsman, his ability to just stay in. Yep. I remember famously he made 334 he against Pakistan. Yep. Over, gee, wouldn't we have loved that uh, in the current series? But the the equal highest score, I think he tied with Sedon and, and retired overnight. But he just stayed in. He didn't get out. It wasn't pretty to watch at times, but we, we, we don't need pretty at the moment. It's like every rugby league side. It's like every AFL side, A-league side. You need that rock. You need one or two of those people that just are willing just to be so tough and, and resilient and disciplined in yeah. their mindset that everything else around them can be falling apart, yeah. but they're the ones that are going to stay steady through those tough times. And unfortunately, Aaron Finch in his debut was outstanding. Mm. And he only had a couple of other partners with him. But in saying that, we just don't have enough of those yeah. players that are willing just to stand tall, be composed and be resilient. It's a mentality thing and unfortunately with... T20 cricket. Uh, Don't say unfortunately because I love T20 cricket, but it's not going anywhere. So that's our great debate for Kubota Diesel Generators for serious backup power. Obviously a great result, by the way. Tim Payne and co. uh, Holding on, clinging on to a draw over there in the UAE against Pakistan, but still a lot of questions, particularly around that middle order, the Marsh boys and where to now, even the opening partnership. Have we got that right? But Uzi Kawaja absolutely take a bound. Tim Payne is skipper. Uh, did a pretty good job there last night as well. We'll take a quick break. Plenty more still to come, including a Makita Power player and a preview of a massive, massive show this weekend on The Driver's Seat. You're listening to Off The Bench with Benny Jones and Scotty Sadler for First Choice Liquor for all your liquor needs. Yeah, welcome back to Off The Bench. Benny Jones, Scotty Sattler with you. Hope you're enjoying the show. Hope you're looking forward to a huge weekend in sport, whatever that may entail for you right now. Uh, oh, we've got to get stuck into this, Sats. It's a Makita Power Player. 
The Makita Power Player for Makita's massive redemption sale. Makita, when power means business. Oh, yeah, massive redemption sale, all right. Uh, grab yourself free Makita gear. Visit makita.com.au for details. And while I'm on the subject, you can get a free Makita cordless turbo blower worth 299 bucks. This is not just me taking uh, the mick. This is fair income. When you buy selected cordless lawnmower and line trimmer kits, that offer is available via online redemption. Visit makita.com.au for details. Makita, when power means business. This bloke that you're about to nominate, Sats, he meant business on the mountain last weekend because we knew it was his final drive as a full-time lead driver of course he'll still be seen on the mountain at mount panorama in years to come but what a story and what a nomination for our makita power i heard player. someone say after this event on the weekend oh fa- fairy tales aren't common in sport it's fairy tales everywhere in sport mm. but this is great i love this as a person that is you know i'm i'm not a an out and out motor enthusiast yep but i respect you know, the, the, the people that are involved in this sport, I think, are some of the most courageous to be able to drive at 250, 280 kilometres per hour, sometimes around city streets. And when we saw what happened with Dave Reynolds in this race, it, it's not just um, a dangerous sport, it's a physically taxing yeah, sport. So much it? respect for this guy who came onto the scene as an 18, 19-year-old protege to the great Peter Brock. Baby-faced kid, yeah, a smiling assassin. Craig Lowndes, as you yeah. allude to, to win his seventh Bathurst on the weekend. Um Dave Reynolds, as you said, start off in pole position, just couldn't keep his composure and had some some physical concerns as well throughout the race. Um, but he's just an amazing he's an amazing athlete, and they are athletes. Uh, Three time super are. supercar champ as yep. well, Craig Lowndes, just uh, one of the real superstars of of the sport. First one Bathurst as a twenty two year old. Just let that sink in for a moment. Twenty two years of age, yeah, which is quite. I didn't know how to drive a manual at twenty two. No. <laughs> so I couldn't parallel park at that age, and I still can't. Hundred V eight supercar race wins. He was the first driver to get to that number. And uh, yeah, as you touched on, he's just been a kind of a guy who always seems pretty happy, even when results haven't gone his way. On the face of it, always a clean skin. Yeah, no, no controversy caught yep. it. I mean, there's probably been issues through championships and in seasons and incidents on the track, but you know, he's never been caught out at 3am on at King's Cross getting in a blue with a bouncer. Put it this way, he would never appear in Talladega Nights. No, I don't no. think so. No, far too clean skin for that. So Craig Lowndes to us is a clear-cut Makita Power player. Thanks to Makita and their massive redemption sale. Makita, when power means a business. Time for a driver's seat preview. The driver's seat preview for Kubota skid steers. Power at your fingertips. Yeah, of course, it was a massive weekend in the world of motorsport last weekend with all eyes on Bathurst. Prior to the big race, uh, last year, 2017's results for DJR Team Penske were mixed, to say the least. Scotty McLaughlin, engine failure. His teammate, Fabian Coulthard, finished on the bottom step of the podium. But ahead of the great race last weekend, the boys caught up with Fabs and even had a special drop-in from Scotty Mack as well. We're excited. We're we're, uh, pumped to be going back to what we call here internally a bit of a grand final in the uh, in the Bathurst 1000 and obviously a place that you must be excited going back to on the podium last year um, hoping to do it all again I suppose how are you feeling a little earlier in the week obviously we're uh, we're not there yet so how are you feeling I'm here you're already yeah, there, there early I'm in the that? car with Scotty Mack and Carly we're uh, actually just doing a lap of the track obviously I'll park to speak to you guys you should put us on speaker you can do I that if you want yeah go yeah. on why not here we go. We've got, you've got a, a Shell V-Power <laughs> driving group here. The A-Team. <laughs> Hello, Scott McLaughlin. It's Matt McKeldin and Steve Johnson. How are you going? 
Yes. Oh, wow. How's what? that for a reaction? Oh, yeah, it's good. Like, oh, here we go. We can't should, swear. We yeah. can't do anything. <laughs> we should also point out, too, that Scott McLaughlin also has a brand new website that you can check out, scott-mclaughlin.com. Yeah, yeah. Hyphen, hyphen's probably a correct term. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> You've never met Nimsy, our producer. He's not your average-looking motorsport producer, I think. No. He's he... more used to cricket. Comes anyway, to we digress. Uh, boys, thank you so much for taking the time out on your uh, circuit drive. You're down there for the Bathurst 1000. Collectively, Fabs, how are you feeling going in? And then, Scotty, give us your thoughts as well. Yeah, good. Yeah, good. Oh, oh, perfect. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, well rehearsed. <laughs> My thoughts first, Fabs. Fabs, no, no, no. Not Fabs. I was joking. Um, no, I'm, I'm pretty. I'm looking forward to it. I think um, you know we had good cars here last year, so yeah, I'm, I'm just looking forward to actually getting on track. You know, we're here on a Tuesday, and a little bit of media stuff to do prior to the event. But yeah, looking forward to getting out there on Thursday and having given it a good crack. Hey, don't miss out this week's show where we catch up. We being the driver's seat team with seven-time winner of Bathurst 1000. What a fairy tale it was. Craig Lowndes joining the boys on the driver's seat. We've got plenty still to come. A Gurney high-pressure moment up next. You are listening to Off the Bench. A Gurney high-pressure moment for Gurney high-pressure cleaners. Available at Bunnings Warehouse. Yeah, Gurney high-pressure cleaners. Uh, they are spot on, thank you. Available at Bunnings Warehouse. Make sure you pop in, grab yourself one, because Gurney... The name says it all. Gets the job done. Hey, uh, I want to give this one to, and it's a lot less emotional than my uh, nomination last week. That's where Dom Sheed from the West Coast Eagles got the gong for his gurney high-pressure moment in the AFL Grand Final. I am still in therapy for that one. This one goes (laughs) to a man who may have caused a lot of Australian race fans to go and seek therapy with about 500 metres to go in the Turnbull Stakes. I'm talking about Hugh Bowman, and I'm talking about Winks. That horse... Where it was at that stage of the race, if it was any other horse, wasn't winning. Might yeah. might not have even finished in the top two or three. I think three hundred metres out, any other any other jockey may have just pulled the horse back and said, "Listen, I'm not going to flog it. It's I'm not, not going to try. Day. Yeah, yeah. Let's just go back and and uh, work for the next uh, next outing." But um, to listen to Hugh Bowman after this race in the Turnbull Stakes, where three hundred out, he's still second last and comes home in the last fifty or hundred meters and just blows everyone away. Ends yeah. up winning by a length. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but to listen to Hugh Bowman, who was so calm and composed in his post race interview, where he just said, "You know, I was sitting second last. Grunt was on my outside, and he wasn't willing to go with us. Yeah, but I couldn't get inside him, so I had to forego two and a half lengths to go backwards to and go around, around him and yeah. then go forward again. It's just." Yeah. Speaks measures of what an amazing horse, an amazing jockey this man is. And this is the thing about these guys and girls, uh, I'm talking jockeys, is um, when they get into a situation like Bowman is with Winks every time he saddles up, he's not just riding for his supper. And these guys, you know, where they get their 5 or 10% of the prize money and it's a tough gig and they're up at 4 o'clock every morning. He's racing for his next mansion, that's what he's doing. He is now probably with this horse, but it's the hopes and expectations of millions of punters and and just race fans in general. I mean, not... People had five bucks on Winks to make 50 cents. doesn't matter. But they just want to see this streak continue. We're at 28 now, 21 group ones, fourth Cox plate beckons. That weight that's on his shoulders. So think of the weight that's on his shoulders, and then you think of the weight that's underneath him, because these are big beasts. Yeah. That's bravery for me. And they're all brave. Jockeys, um, you know, high profile or racing out in the picnics, they are brave. Gurney High Pressure Cleaners are available at Bunnings Warehouse. That's we're nearly done. Uh, just before we do wrap up, uh, we know it's now two weeks post-footy. But fortunately, 
A little bit of league to keep you entertained this weekend, of course, with Australia taking on the Kiwis. As we've said, in Auckland, this should be a lot of fun uh, and hopefully a really highly entertaining game that's, um, that's one that goes down to the wire. Yeah, it will be entertaining. I think um, Australia's... I suppose lack of experience in key positions is probably one area that New Zealand can really take advantage of. And what I mean by that is that their timing's going to be out Australia. So I, I just I really feel as though that New Zealand in the first twenty minutes can take advantage of that and get really aggressive and stay in their face and not allow the Australians to get timing yeah. throughout the game. So if they can turn it into a bit of an arm wrestle for the first twenty five, thirty minutes, yeah, they're well in the contest. If Australia score Really early on, it could break the spirit of this Kiwi side, who have got so many people missing. Roger Tuivasa-Shek, Isaac Luke, Nelson Asofa-Solomana, just to name a few. So, yeah. Um, yeah, a really important period for the Kiwis in that first 20 minutes. All right. We're also interested to see, naturally, how Usain Bolt goes in that next significant Can't wait for this. As he chases his professional footballing dream. That'll unfold shortly. And the start of the NBL season, we know it tipped off I on can't Thursday. can't wait for this also. Yeah. But it is underway, and hopefully it lives up to the hype, and, and hopefully the big bogeyman can have a real impact, not what... just marketing, but also on court as well. Well, I love what the NBL did last year, and of course Fox Sports covered a lot of their games last year. I love the marketing and the exposure that it got. Record attendances, yeah. record viewing audiences as well. And Through with the Bogut roof. coming back, it's only going to get better. Can't wait. All right, this has been Off the Bench for First Choice Liquor. Sats, have a great weekend. I'll you catch too. you same time next week, and we'll catch you here for another big edition of Off the Bench.